All right, thank you for tuning in to the Final Percent podcast. And as a few of them have happened, we're in Truck Studios with the Johnny King. What's up? And <laughs> what's up, man? What's up? And I and I don't know if you know this, but uh, we've done podcasts, Jeep casts, truck casts with my wife and and. Johnny, I was just on his podcast and we went to his meeting of men and now I got to do the amazing, incredible thing called Capture a Wild Johnny King so that I can get him on my <laughs> podcast. After I was on his, you know, it's it, he's a little bit like that snitch from Harry Potter. Yeah. To, he's like, you know, if you, if you really, really want to put it in very clear terms, he's a little bit like... Nailing Jello to the ceiling, mm. trying to get on his podcast. So, this is how incredible I feel having the <laughs> wonderful Johnny King. He has the Becoming Kings podcast, and if you didn't check uh, me guest uh, uh, guesting on his podcast, please go over, subscribe to the Becoming Kings podcast. Yeah. Check out our episode first and foremost, and then. I want you to go all the way back to episode number one and catch up because you've got some catching up to do. It's <laughs> yeah. just, it needs to happen. Immerse yourself. Go the final percent on becoming a king. Um, but Johnny, tell me, <laughs> tell me what gave you the idea of equipping men better? Because it seems like you are really all about providing a structure for exchange for very particularly men so that they can, you know, live at a different level than society. It seems like they want them to. So tell me about how did the Becoming Kings podcast happen? How did the meeting of men happen? When did that lightning strike happen that said, you know what, I, I think there's a better way. I want to equip men at a better level. Great question. And before I answer that, I just want to say thank you for inviting me into the backseat of your truck. <laughs> um, to record. That's I don't a, know if that's I the first time I've I don't know if ever I should have giggled like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, but but truly um it's been a pleasure getting to know you and I'm just yeah, I'm excited likewise. to uh to continue the friendship um and it's just uh, an honor to be on the the show in the back of your car. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Hey, and that's one of the things that you know I think is important for people do not wait for perfect to make progress and you know yes i i do have some very nice studios at my disposal but sometimes you just have to be ready to capture the moment yeah. and uh we had a fantastic guest at your meeting of men tonight We're, this is actually right after his event which is always <laughs> the last monday of every month of every month i get to speak on the next one at august 30th hell so yeah i need you guys to to get there to be there yes. to to experience what is going down because it's really really good meeting of men meeting of men.com who did who did we see speak tonight 
Sterling Hawkins. Okay, also Sterling Hawkins, you know, I really think that he has some new stuff to say. I very much enjoyed it. So, um, and I would not have had that conversation. I just had to go, I just got to go get pizza with these guys. How cool is that? That's how accessible this is. I got to go get pizza with the Johnny King and and Sterling Hawkins. You actually almost stole my pizza, bro. I actually I, tr- I did I tried to. I attempted. But we had uh, a moment where we were know, looking at each other, and our friendship oh yeah. almost ended. Yeah, immediately it was like we were in prison. You yeah. know, you know, don't don't touch more or look at my food. But then again, that's that's great because we we realized we both like Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, actually, we're like, ooh, um, we're we're cut from the same cloth. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. I would have never had the experience of getting to know another, you know, fellow speaker uh, if I didn't show up for the meeting of men. And that's the big thing. I, we talked on his podcast, you're one conversation away from changing your life, yeah. but you have to be where the conversations are happening. Mm-hmm. So you have to show up. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's important. And I had a blast at this one. This is my second meeting of men. It will not be my last. Um, I think it's incredibly important. So tell us, you know, the origin story of of what's going on, man. Well, it's funny that you say, you know, the, the whole concept around men not showing up. Mm. You know, you, you, you rewind back to like the Me Too movement, yeah. right? And, and predominantly there was crickets yeah. from men. Right, Um, but I feel like the 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 wound goes back to my experience with my dad. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, he was doing the best he could with what with the tools that he had. He's such a such a an evolved man now, having done a lot of personal development over the last twelve years. However, uh, the wound was still inflicted when I was younger, yes, because he wasn't actually there that much he was a workaholic he was running from his own demons you mm-hmm. know before he came out of the closet after my mom passed away so he, again uh, that's what allowed me to have some empathy for my dad you know but that wound of having an absent father of him not actually showing up you mm-hmm. know i mean he provided well uh 100 percent in terms of finances um but even when he was home he wasn't probably all that emotionally present so that was kind of what started the the ball rolling now i just feel blessed that we're in a time and age where because of technology and because of all the opportunities we have i actually have the and i and you and all of us as men actually most of us have greater bandwidth Mm -hmm. to mentally take on some of these really really deep uh deeply inflicted wounds from our past male generations yes that that they didn't have the i mean if if they're let's say you know coming over to america or going through the great depression or going through world war one or world war two or like we're just now getting to the point where i can save hours you know each month by not going to the grocery store because i can just have it delivered to my house and instead i'm doing personal development right yeah or there's, there's like little things like that Right, where technology, I think, gives us the the privilege, but also the responsibility as men to like face our our shit. Can, yeah. I, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, I just did you. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so does that does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I don't know if absolutely. that totally answers your question without going all the way down into a long story, but I do, I do feel like it was uh, it it was my shortcomings. Yeah. I think the first thing was was uh, just a lot of repressed anger. I, I was so angry at my dad. So angry at my dad, and that, that, coupled with having no real idea of what it means to be a man, yeah, 
showed up pretty massively in my first marriage. Mm. Uh, and so I neglected, uh, a, a lot of things that I know now know better, yeah. but because of going through some serious pain of losing my mom and, and you know, uh, my dad coming out, even though that's not like, that wasn't a big issue. It was, it was then realizing, Oh gosh, he's, he's been hiding that a secret for 60 something years. And I, I had greater empathy for him, you yeah. know, going through my divorce. I actually learned to have empathy for myself. Cause like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. My dad didn't know what he's doing. His dad didn't know what he's like. My great, great grandfather didn't like, there's just a l- lineage of men who are doing the best they can yeah. with what they have. And with the stresses of life that they're going through, no wonder they turn into alcoholics yeah. or drug addicts yeah. or wife beaters. Like it's not to give them a, a, a an out, yeah. but I can empathize. Yeah. But now it's like, it's, it's our generation that we need to handle this shit. Otherwise we just kick the can down the road to exactly. our children, our sons, our daughters. And to me, I, I can't live with myself to, to let that happen. And I think, I think that that's just an, an important distinction because if you think about it, we have, we've been taught that we need to be on an Island and you, you're not allowed to cry and you're not allowed to ask for directions. Yeah. You can't read the instruction manual because right. that's what it that that's what it means to be a man. Right. That's men are not meant to be all knowing. And I think that we as men instead of man, as men coming together can learn a lot from one another just by the knowledge of knowing instead of the me too movement a man coming together and going, wait, you too? The you too movement. Because I think recognizing that you too have gone through things that I'm going through, it lets me know that I'm not alone and it's the gateway to vulnerabilities so that I can ask questions or finally, you know, explore myself a little bit. And I think that's why it's so, especially we talked a little bit about mental health. And, you know, I think there's a play on that uh, with you just so you know, cause if you think about it, you know, you have the meeting of men yep. and then I think you should have, you know, meeting of men discussing mental health, but capitalize men mm-hmm. because mental health is different than mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think men thinking they need to be something that they don't actually need to be, or having all of these distinctions pressed upon them and you giving this, cause I mean, Guys, we all know that a podcast, a, an event, a conference is just a structure of exchange of energy and ideas. And that's what Johnny has provided. It's He never knows what the, the, the meeting's going to bring. Nope. Some good, some bad. Yep. But he just wants to provide the opportunity because, remember, you're one conversation away from changing your entire life. So, you know, with that being said, with equipping men... How are you seeing COVID affecting or infecting the male slash masculine psyche? Uh, well, yeah, I could, I could talk about a lot of the conversations I've had with, with men. Um, I can just speak even personally from my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of months, you know, let's say the first three months of COVID, I actually was enjoying myself from the standpoint of like, ah. Oh, 
yeah. like you peace. had some you time. I had I had a, a long runway. I had me time. I didn't have to go out to get my hair cut. I just shaved my hair off. You know, I didn't have dentist appointments or coffees. I could just be like, oh, I can focus. Yeah. I had just started my own podcast two weeks before COVID, oh. which t- st- actually became very therapeutic just to be able to talk, you yeah. know, to, to, to no one, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also started writing a book because <clears throat> I wanted to, to, to get out, like, what is this, the meeting of men? Like, I, men would show up to these meetings because I started in 2019 after working with women for eight years and just felt called upon my heart to, to work with men. Yeah. And so those conversations and and things would often come to like, okay, I love this meeting of men, but then what next? Men are kind of like, someone tell me which direction. I was like, I don't know, dude. I'm just winging this too. So the book then became an idea of like, okay, I'm not writing a book because I want to write a book because that's actually very overwhelming. But I wanted to flush out of myself like the framework mm-hmm. of how you go from a very, very wounded man, which I was, you know, and, and just wreaking havoc everywhere I went, my relationships and everything else, deeply insecure to a more whole <laughs> yes. and, and healed man. Yeah. So <clears throat> that book started me in that, in that way, but then I had to start confronting my own mm. demons and I ran straight, <laughs> straight into my own shit, quite yeah. frankly. And, and I went down into it for six to nine months. I think oh. I just started coming out of it in January cause I hired a coach, but I, but I realized, uh, and I think a lot of men, and, and this is why I'm telling the story feel similarly mm. was because then whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I started missing uh, companionship and, and, yeah. and, you know, connecting with people and yeah. all of the other things that I used to distract myself from my own insecurities and everything else came to the surface, Yeah, you know? So I then got, uh, and I realized I had a lot of anger Yeah, and I just kept shoving it down. Cause I, I, again, not only were we taught to not like, necessarily show a lot of emotion but i also know that if i were to really let that rage out yeah women and children if they saw how fucking angry i am not at them but just in general they probably wouldn't feel safe so i don't think men feel safe to get their anger out because when i did a poll on online with my in my email list like what are the top three emotions men feel regularly it was anger frustration and loneliness oh man right so no wonder if we're not healing ourselves, no wonder this anger and this pain is boiling into, uh, you know, mass shootings, yeah, flying planes into buildings, bad uh, decisions, blowing things up, horrible. Yeah. Dis- that is the the shadow masculine. Mm. That's what's perpetrated the whole Me Too movement. Okay, so let's let's talk about because I've never heard that phrase before, and it's really interesting. Shadow masculine. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I think that's that's the the shadow being all the things that we don't want. Mm. That's in the shadow. We don't want we don't want to put any light. Yeah. You know, and that's all the stuff guys are are hiding. Their yeah. porn addictions, their gambling addictions, their affairs, their uh abuses, their wow. all yeah. the things that we are deeply ashamed of. Yes. Right? Um and even though I haven't done, you know, uh, not to even judge on a scale, but a lot of stuff that I've not not done that I know other men have. Yeah. The shame, though, that I've felt yeah. is still probably very similar to the shame that they felt. Yeah, exactly right? right. Just like the pain that I feel about one thing is very similar to the pain that someone else feels. Exactly but, right. But even though the the genesis of where those come from are, are probably vastly different. Yeah. And so that's where I started connecting with other men and, and realizing I needed to get a healthy way, coming back to your, to your answering your question, a healthy way of getting anger out. Yeah. Otherwise... 
what my coach was telling me is like, I repress it, I keep it in, and it takes so much energy to keep that stuff down yeah. that it's exhausting. Oh, yeah. And so then, no wonder I feel numb. Yes. Because I was at a Dr. Joe Dispenza down in Cancun in like November, yeah. right? The first like, I was rolling the dice with, yeah. with COVID. But I was like, I need this. And I went through a week-long meditation experience and felt nothing. Mm. I was completely numb. Oh, wow. Right? And I've been doing this cycle for years. Yeah. And then I get angry and then I let it out and then I feel like, oh, I'm alive again. Yeah. Or I meet someone, you know, special and I'm alive again. Or yeah. I get excited about a new project, I'm alive again, and then I go numb. Oh. It's just this this cycle and I feel like there's a lot of men who've been going through that with COVID, but just in general. Yeah. Right. COVID just gave kind of the perfect storm to let that stuff come to the surface. Everything bubbled up. Yeah. And then no wonder male suicides begin to spike spike absolutely yeah you know so one thing that because this is such an interesting topic uh for a lot of people who who don't understand but you had mentioned the idea of a grown man like yourself hiring a coach now a lot of people because you know we both do coaching in our own right um, I have a coach. You have a coach. It's it's normal for us, but it's such a foreign concept for so many people. Explain to me, because there's a lot of people who say, okay, here's the benefit of coaching, feature, blah, 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 blah. Why did you feel the need to get your own coach? I think that that would be so powerful because you being a coach in your own right, but you recognizing how powerful that shift can be. Take me through your thought process on the idea of a coach, a, a, a human coach to help you with life. Uh, probably goes back to me having been an athlete. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> so the concept of having a coach and a coach guide me yeah. uh, has been helpful. You know, there's also probably, a, a, not probably, there's a part of it too where that I, I can feel that kind of natural masculine desire to want to prove something to myself, which is why I want to do it on my own. Yeah. That I'm counteracting it be like, no, uh, you know, that, it's either uh, time or money. Yeah. I will, I will forfeit money any day to speed up yeah, the, process the process of exactly learning right. and healing faster than trying to l learn through the school of hard knocks and, exactly. and trial and error. Right. So that, that, all made sense to me, but it wasn't until 2009 when I went to my first Tony Robbins event mm -hmm. and, uh, and subsequently bought into his, you know, university mastery program or whatever, and was assigned a coach for three months. And that was my first experience of a, of a, like a, a life coach. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit, like this is pretty freaking powerful. Yeah. And I'm not, but I had not powerful. done counseling. And uh, again, it, it might be just different, you know, terms or, or, um, you know, designations, therapist, counselor, coach. But what I at least like about, in my mind at least, when it comes to coaching is like coaches are paid to get results. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if you're like professional football or baseball, whatever, if, if your team's not doing well, they don't like – They don't keep the coach. They don't – yeah, they don't – You got to get results. They don't kick the, the franchise player off the team. No. You know, they actually get rid of the coach. One right? of my One of my distinctions that I say is, you know, a, a – counselor or a therapist is meant to console you and a coach is meant to equip you and I think a lot of people think when they're going to get a life coach for instance they think 
that they're signing up for therapy. But that's not what's happening. We're here to equip people to go, dare I say, the final percent for themselves and take their life to the next level. And I think it's important for people to hear that a coach has a coach because people forget that, you know, they start thinking they're at the top of the mountain. No, I don't need any help. That's that masculine pride coming out that yeah. stunts our growth. Well, Tom Brady, Tiger yeah. Woods, yeah. you know, uh, they have coaches. They all Currently. have coaches. Yeah. Michael Jordan. They all had some of the best coaches. Some of the best. So coaches. I, I kind of look at it as I, I, again, I just don't know what I don't know. Exactly. And so a coach really can see my blind spots because I'm just so used to the stories that I make in my head yep. and my own limiting beliefs that I have to have someone who's unemotionally attached to yeah. my stories be like, uh, that's bullshit. I yeah. call bullshit on that. Yeah. Or why do you believe that? And it's just, uh, I feel like the, the better the coaches that I've had, they've asked the better questions. So they're not really giving me advice yeah, as they are just questions. asking the right questions. And that to me, that to me works. But I, again, like I said, to each their own. Some people might like coaching. Some people might like counseling or therapy, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's why it's important to me to just keep leveling up. Yeah, I think I think coaching is incredibly important and you know, the only thing that I can say about it is I wish I would have believed in it and started it sooner. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Sooner. Yeah, ditto that. So, so one of the things that uh, the meeting of men uh Johnny King uh as a impactor uh, is doing he's going to be one of our sponsors for the upcoming event and he's going to come talk and share the importance of equipping men which i think is incredibly cool um and i i number one i thank you for for believing in what i'm doing enough to where we can kind of lock arms absolutely yeah uh we actually Huge. had a, we had a really interesting conversation because i i was i was having to talk to a, a client a prospective client of mine at the same time of the meeting of men, finally got a hold of him, pushed it back, and then um, got to you know you know speak with such amazing people, connect with such amazing people, and one of the things that I was talking about was there was just something inside of me. Even though yes, I'm not speaking at this meeting of men, but I got to show up for my brother. You're doing something that's incredibly powerful and I think incredibly needed. And when I was able to, I, I knew I had to show up for you. Mm. And we talked, we, all right, phone down. Phone down. Um, we, we talked <laughs> about the idea that men, for whatever reason, because we live on the island, we yeah. don't show up for one another. Yeah. And because I think, you know, this is this is the start of something very special, the beginning of a beautiful friendship, if you will. <laughs> um, I just I, I I grabbed Sallow. I said, "Grab a camera. We're, we we got to go support Johnny." I appreciate it. And I think that showing up for your fellow men, I think, is important. Being there in in the the storms. Yeah, I think it's 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 more than important. It's, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. I've done a a little bit of, I've just started getting, I've done a lot of personal development, but I've just started getting into some actual men, men only men's work. Yeah. There's power to that than, than, uh, that I did not even see coming. Exactly. Really, really powerful. And so I, I feel like, um, I feel like, again, it's just, we as men are up against our, our egos. Oh yeah. Anytime I have, again, 
what I love about the work that I do <laughs> is because selfishly, it just keeps pushing me to grow. Yeah. So to have you or Sterling or so many different guys, either on my podcasts or on my uh, meeting of men, because I'm a coach, initially I feel uh, I'm, I'm, I'm better about this now than I was even maybe a year ago. Yeah. There's that twinge of like, oh, but, but what if they get some clients that I want, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I have to surrender to like, okay, what is the, the, my actual ultimate outcome here? Exactly. Support men in their healing. Yes. So amen. I've, the, the more I just actually finally surrendered to be like, you know what, if this is actually going to take off, it's going to take off because I'm going to move myself out of the way. And this is about giving men as much value and yes. equip them with as many tools as they can from who, who knows what. Exactly. And, right. and I believe that God is, you know, God is all. And so ultimately God is love. And the most loving thing that I can do is to step back and let, let men hear from so many different, you know, messages, perspectives. perspectives, And and that to me has allowed me, but I I only say it because I feel like men's egos will be like, Oh, I don't want to go to a freaking men's meeting or I don't want to coach. I don't want to go to a conference. I don't want to jump in the car and drive an hour and a half to go. Like, is it like, I would just want to stay home and, you know, well, I can tell you every Netflix. every single time my life has changed, it's because I decided to show up mm-hmm. and take action, mm-hmm. and that's the big thing. I could either I could have taken the easy way out, and you would have supported me in that. But I, yeah, so, dude, yeah, for sure. it's it's in the middle of rush hour. <laughs> I'm an hour and a half. Dude, I can't do this. Yeah. No, I could have. I just didn't. Yeah. No, I I need to show up for my for my guy, and I think. That's important. One of the, one of the distinctions I love making about the word ego mm-hmm. is I think it stands for edging God out. Mm. And it means that you think you're so good that you don't need his help and you're so big and you do get big with an ego mm-hmm. for better and worse, yep. but you get so big that you don't leave any room for miracles to happen in your life. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that our ego is vastly different than different than arrogance and is vastly different than confidence Mm -hmm. and ultimately that's the biggest thing that i think men need is pure confidence in themselves Mm -hmm. and freedom and i and i've been really attacking this word lately and talking to people because everyone focuses on financial freedom but what about freedom of expression right well you know People say that we live in the land of the free and this, that, and the other, but men almost never say what they actually think mm-hmm. because we're, we're scared and mm-hmm. we don't know. We're, we're scared, freedom of expression, asking for directions, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, f- geographical freedom. We're scared to move. We're scared to take action. We think we're going to get judged. We yeah. think we're this. And I love, you know, it, it got ma- it's a really old saying, but it got made famous by Jay Shetty. Uh, again in his book uh, how to think like a monk but mm-hmm. he says you know i'm i'm i am not what you think i am i'm not what i think i am i am what you what i think you think i am mm-hmm. and basically what that means is we're all trying to be someone who we think someone else thinks we are yeah and we're almost always wrong. And yeah. men, m- and women for sure, but just in different ways, we are so subjected to that. And Completely. I think having these structures can really help people. Well, yeah, and I think it's that's the hard part too. With it's it's a double edged sword to social media and our iPhones, everything mm-hmm. else is just that comparison syndrome. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I I agree, and I think that's um, the 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 greatest gift that I got from um, like 
everything hitting the fan when I was 30 years old. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was kind of humiliated by my, by my divorce. But once I finally gave myself the grace to forgive yeah. myself and, and again, say, I was just doing the best I could, Yeah, you know, and there was love a hundred percent there. And that was yeah. my intention. It was never my intention to hurt that, uh, I forgave myself. And then it allowed me to, to no longer have to put on this facade of trying to be perfect. Yeah. And Amen. with that then has allowed me to write a book that I don't, What's the title it, of the book? Do we have a title yet? Yeah, it's, uh, it's super unique. It's called Becoming Kings. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> now, I've heard that before. It's called Becoming Kings. Yeah. Is there yeah. something else called Becoming <laughs> Kings? Uh, there's a book uh, be- called Becoming a King. No, I'm, I'm talking about the, I the think amazing there's, um, podcast. There's, uh, you know, the whole idea around kings and queens yeah. and castles. Yeah, so I think it's... Um, <laughs> no, I'm talking no, about the Becoming Kings <laughs> podcast. I'm telling yes. you guys. One of the same. He has some incredible experts that come on. And when I say experts, I'm not saying expert in something that they do. He has experts in who they are. And that's what differentiates Johnny when he brings someone on. It's not an expert at the doing part of life. It's an expert at the being part of life. And and that's what I really enjoy about uh, his podcast. I've subscribed. I think it's great. Um, and then d- tell him all the ways that we can get in touch with Johnny King. Um, if you want to send me a fax, <laughs> you can send it to... Uh, <laughs> no, you, you one eight hundred yeah. becoming kings. You you can beep me on my beeper. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you, a, he's got a pager <laughs> strapped to his. He also has a fanny pack. It's yeah. great. It's awesome with my uh, cassette player in it. There you go. There yeah. you go. I work out in spandex. <laughs> so no, truthfully, if you go to johnnyking.com there we go. You can find all the good info there. Let's just keep it simple. Awesome, johnnyking.com Becoming, Becoming Kings uh, podcast and the meeting of men.com. You got it. So uh, I'm telling you, if, if you're a man and you want to, it's not, I wouldn't say a, a support group. It's very much a structure of exchange for just men wanting to better themselves and be in a, in a cool environment. Yeah. And it's not, uh, I think that the idea is that some guys have that fear they're going to show up and it's going to be a very kind of like wussy, wussy kind of like soft yeah, you know, kumbaya, teary kind of meeting, and and even though emotions do come up, yeah, it's just it's just guys being guys. It's guys being guys, and so. it's and it's very open and and accepting, inclusive. So uh, at least you know, try it out once, and if it's not your cup of tea, cool, go team, we don't mind. But uh, it at least you know, show up, have the conversation, and see if you make that connection. So, anyway, from me to you, Johnny, I appreciate coming to, to Truck Studios in uh, <laughs> p- pin, is that Pinocchio, Pincho, p- Pacino, Pacino. It's Pacino. P- there we go, Pacino Pizza. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate you uh, hanging out. I really appreciate you doing all the work that you do in, yeah, in personal growth and helping people out. So, uh, this is the first of many. It is. Thank you for All your right. support. Thanks for letting me be honest. An yeah. honor for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. The final percent.